Okay, so uh, it's been a bit of a crazy day. I uh, woke up in Ensenada. I was supposed to actually be home yesterday, um, but we had a little problem with one of the vans, and so I needed to stay another night. Brought the van over to our shop, and Ricardo did his uh, great work on it, which is wonderful. And, uh, and then I left and drove through the beautiful Valle de Guadalupe. If you don't know what that is, that's the Baja wine country. It's just gorgeous out there. It's uh, probably like Napa Valley was in like 1950. It's still small with a lot of dirt roads, and, but it's very, very safe with great wine. Uh, well, speaking of which, my lovely wife Susie loves this one particular wine called Andanza, made by Chade Winery. And so I thought I would stop in and pick up a case of wine for her. Normally I don't buy a case of wine, but I knew she loved it and they'd give me a discount. And so I thought that would be great. And I had talked with the folks at the border before and, uh, and they told me, yes, whoever I talked with said, yes, you can bring a case of wine. And all you have to do, I didn't know this, all you have to do is just pay a small duty. And he said for like a couple of cases of wine, it's like five bucks. So I thought, oh, great, no problem. Well, I got to the border and I said, uh, I, I need to tell you, Miss uh, Immigration Officer, I have to declare I have a full case of wine plus one bottle in, uh, in this beautiful van that you see here, painted bright orange, by the way. And, and uh, she says, well, you can't import that. And I said, well, I have to pay the duty, right? She says, well, no, 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 you cannot import wine into the state of California if you're a California resident. And I said, I talked with a guy and she said, I don't know who you talked to, but they were wrong. She said, if you were from another state, you can do it. And I thought, oh my gosh. She said, so we have to send you to secondary inspection. Now this is after waiting in that long line that you guys heard me talk about in the first episode. Well, so I go to secondary inspection and the guy says, uh, you know, I, I don't, what are you thinking here? And he pulls out one of the bottles of wine and he said, uh, these bottles don't even have labels on them. He goes, how do I even know it's wine? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, the winery had said, we're out of labels. And I thought, I don't care. I know what the wine is. I don't need a label on there to tell me what it is. And so with that, uh, it was looking like I was going to get into trouble. They said they're going to have to make a mark on this, on my, on my record and crossing the border and all of this. And I said, I'm just so sorry. I, the only reason why I bought a, bo a case is because I know my wife really likes this wine. And um, I said, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what, don't let it happen again. And he closed the van door, gave me the wine, and off I went. So they were very, very kind to me at the border. And so I got to pass through. I didn't get arrested. And I got to bring uh, a case of wine back for my sweet wife. Well, all that happened and I drove in a tremendous amount of traffic uh, to, uh, to Los Angeles. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy amount of traffic. And I got to tell you, I love those vans, those Vanagon campers. They're great. But I'll tell you, trying to drive one in traffic with a stick shift is, uh, is, is, is it gets old. So um, I made it to the place where I needed to drop it off got there at like seven o'clock or something at night. It's dark. And with that, I grabbed my case of wine, my suitcase, and a couple other things, and called a, a, an Uber, actually a Lyft. And I went to LAX airport where I rented a car. 
which I'm in right now. And so here it is, 8.05 p.m. I'm driving by the Galleria in Sherman Oaks, LA area, um, on my way to Santa Barbara. So it's been a long day, and there's many miles to go before I sleep, miles to go before I sleep. Tomorrow morning, I get up and drive this little rental car down to Oxnard, where I drop it off. That's about 40 minutes from my house. And, uh, and I pick up another van again, and, uh, and I drive that back to Santa Barbara. That one's a mess, and I'll tell you about that tomorrow. If you appreciate hearing this, I would love, love, love it if you would uh, subscribe, uh, follow, whatever you want to call it, and uh, if you'd share it with a friend, that'd be super. Thanks. Hi, folks. I thought I'd uh, let you know about uh, what's going on, and this will be the third episode that I've put together. I can't believe I'm actually doing this. Kind of fun. Um, you know, I restore these, these Vanagon Westphalia campers, and uh, I said earlier that, um, uh, you know, it's not only about restoring Vanagon campers uh, and restoring little dilapidated cabins out in the middle of nowhere, um, but it's also really about restoring us. And I really see these, these campers as, uh, uh, sometimes I call them Westies, by the way, Westphalia, the common nickname for them is Westies. Um, these Westies as uh, kind of symbolic of, of, our, of our own selves here. Um, you know, when you, when you look at the bodies, you know, sometimes they're, they're pretty beat up, uh, like, like many of us, and, uh, and, and they need some refurbishment. And to do that, uh, we have to tear them apart. We take off everything and um, pull everything apart and, and do some tough work. A uh, lot of sanding, a uh, lot of patching, a lot of repairing. And really, the prep work is what takes the most amount of time. And, you know, it, it's kind of like that in our lives, like when we get ourselves out of shape physically, and that's what happened to me. And so here's my story. Um, when, I turned, uh, when I turned 50 years old, actually when I was 49, um, I was really having a number of medical problems and my dear wife convinced me to go see this doctor, an amazing guy. And he was a medical doctor, but he was also, a, I don't know, I guess a naturopath. I don't know. Um, you know, he believed in uh, not just the pills. And so I went to see him and uh, he said, well, um, you think you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, sleep apnea, uh, you're on the diabetic spectrum, um, lots of migraines, night sweats. I was pretty much a mess. And he said, well, he goes, sort of. You, that's not really what you have. And I thought, well, yeah, I do. My cholesterol was over 350. My A1C was 5.9, which isn't horrid, but isn't good either. Um, you know, I was just, everything was a mess. And I was way overweight. Uh, and uh, he says, well, yeah, you have those things, but those are really symptoms. Uh, he said, what you have is Cushing syndrome. And Cushing syndrome is uh, a disease where your body gets addicted to adrenaline and cortisol. And it happens typically when the body is incredibly stressed, not like, oh, I'm stressed, but like under tremendous stress, 
for an, a, an extended period of time. And perhaps at some point I'll talk about that. But uh, just trust me, that had been going on for a very, very long time. And I was not in good condition at all. And so he said, what's happening is your body is saving all of, all of the fats because it's convinced that there is going to be this tragic event that's going to happen because you've been so stressed. It's like something's going to happen that is going to require me to have access to all these fats so that it can, so that the body can protect itself. It saves all this stuff. So I could eat a regular, normal, actually pretty healthy meal. And I would still find that I was gaining weight. It was just crazy. And, and, uh, and so what was happening is whenever I was eating something, you know, when you're looking at like the fats and the carbs, um, my body would save the fats and it would live off the carbs. So what was happening is I was having a, a, a sugar roller coaster and, and that's why my, my uh, A1C or diabetic numbers were up so high was because I was constantly on this sugar high. I mean, if you don't know, when you eat carbs, like simple carbs, like, uh, you know, uh, potatoes and rice and bread and cookies and candy and sugary things, which I love, um, it, you know, it's not good for the body. And that's what happens. You end up going through this up and down roller coaster of, of, of sugar and it creates all kinds of problems for you. But so that was what was going on. So I'm saving fats and I'm living off of sugars. It was a mess. And so he said, all right, so here's what uh, I think you should do. And he says, it's radical. And I thought, thank God, I love radical. Just give me the radical answer. Don't tell me, do this one little thing that I, you know, it doesn't seem like much of a sacrifice at all, but drives you crazy. And he said, uh, you know, what you need to do is you need a complete restart. And Susie was with me at the time, and she said, that's exactly what he needs. And he said, yep, just like when your computer's all messed up, you, you reboot it. And he goes, that's what we need to do with you. And I said, great, what do I do? And he said, well, your body's waiting for this stressful event. And uh, basically, we need to give it that event that it's waiting for. And he said, so um, what we need to do is give your body the chance to eat all that fat that it's been saving for that event and teach it how to, how to process foods properly. And I'm like, great, that sounds wonderful. And, and uh, he says, if we can do that, then we're gonna reduce your cholesterol, we're gonna fix your sleep apnea, your diabetes is gonna get under control, and, and, and all these things will get squared away, and, I, and you'll lose weight. And I said, wonderful, what do I have to do? You ready for this? He said, uh, can you um, be really hard on yourself? And I said, yes, for short periods of time. I can be really tough on myself for short periods of time. And he said, great. He said, I want you to have nothing but homemade soup broth um, all day long. And I said, I can do that. And I said, for how long? And he said, 30 days. I said, wow, just, just soup broth and juice and stuff like that? He goes, no, 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 just the broth. And I said, so like take juice, I mean uh, soup, and put it in a blender and just drink it? And he said, no, no, just, just the liquid broth. He said, go ahead and make any type of soup you want. Just don't put potatoes in there and don't make it cream-based. He said, but you can use chicken, beef, 
vegetables, anything. Um, and, uh, and he said, and just drink the broth. And so I thought, wow, that's pretty radical. And I thought, yep, I can do that. And I told him, I'm going to start this tomorrow. And so I left ready and thinking I'm going to do this. And then I got home and I looked at my schedule and I thought, I can't do this. I'm going to be traveling a bunch. I can't do this. And I thought, you know what? I can do this starting October 1st. And so on, a, on a September, probably about the 29th or so, I started thinking, you know, this would be one of those things that would make an interesting blog. And, and so I thought, I'm going to write something just so I have a way of recording what I've done. And I thought that'd be interesting. And so um, I wrote down my thoughts saying, you know, I'm going to do this crazy radical thing. Won't this be interesting? And let's see how it plays out. And so I started writing this blog. And my wife and a few friends were following it. I don't know. I had probably like six or 12 people or something, maybe reading it, something like that. And, uh, and I started talking about my expectations, not really sure what it was going to play out like. And so the day before I was to start the broth fast, a 30 day broth fast, I, I went over to Whole Foods and I thought, I'm going to buy a bunch of, bunch of broth and I'll just drink the broth. Well, so the morning came, I woke up. Yes, the night before I did have a big meal and I had a whole bunch of ice cream. I love ice cream. And, uh, and I opened up my thing of broth and poured it into the pan and went to drink it. And I thought, oh my gosh, there is no way I could do that for one day. I mean, it was better broth than probably one of those little cubes that you add water to, but it still really wasn't very good. And so I thought, you know what, I know how to make soup and I like making soup. So I took the broth and went back over to the uh, Whole Foods and I bought a bunch of stuff. I bought uh, those pre-roasted chickens. I bought some smoked uh, turkey legs. Um, I bought all kinds of crazy stuff, a bunch of vegetables. Uh, and so I grabbed the two crock pots we had and I started making broth. And before noon, I had enough broth that I could at least, you know, start, start with. And, uh, and so quickly I, I had two full crock pots going and, uh, and pretty much for the next 30 days, I had two or three crock pots going the whole time. And I had every conceivable type of broth that you've ever even heard of, uh, including a veal broth and a bacon broth. One of my favorite um, soups for breakfast was um, uh, what I, I used to call a BLT, bacon, leek, and tomato. And I would just take leeks and tomatoes, chop those up coarsely, and throw in like, I don't know, five pieces of uncooked bacon. I wasn't going to eat it anyway. It was just for the flavor. And I'd put it in one of those traditional smaller crock pots and just fill it with water and let it go. And when I would drink it, it would kind of taste like a BLT, sort of. It was really good. Um, so anyway, that's what I did. And I started writing about it, talking about what happened on each day. And um, it really is an interesting read. Um, and I couldn't believe it. One day I looked and there were like 200 people reading this blog. And I thought, what the heck? 
and I looked and there was some guy from from Korea and someone some pe- bunch of people over in England someone in Ireland and uh, I thought I got 200 people reading this and then the next thing I knew it was closer to a thousand and people were writing to me and this this person wrote to me and they said I want you to know that I'm, I'm reading this from China you won't be able to tell because of how I have to go about um, you know through some firewalls or something to read it um, she said but I, I want you to know I'm I'm reading over in China and uh, well fast forward a little while and uh, and that thousand continued to grow and last I looked I had like 62,000 um, uh, uh, readers I mean it's just amazing so uh, it makes for an interesting story if you're sitting there going wait where do I find this I'll tell you it's a 30 day broth fast dot blogspot dot dot com so it's the number 30 30 day broth like soup broth broth fast dot blogspot dot com it used to be if you just typed uh, 30 day broth fast all one word into Google search it was the number one hit I don't know if it still is but you can check it out and uh, subscribe to that if you would I'd appreciate it but um, so anyway that's what I did and um, fast forward 30 days and I got to tell you it was a tough go it really was but when it was all said and done you know I felt really pretty good I I felt really very good and in 30 days I lost 27 pounds and the doctor told me he said once you start eating solid foods no matter what you're eating um, he said your body's gonna put weight back on and he said you'll probably gain about five pounds And I said okay and so I was weighing myself every day and sure enough after about a week or so I guess I don't remember I gained 4.7 pounds so right on target so you know a, a net loss of like 22 pounds and that, that was good but I thought you know I really need to lose more weight and and so the day I finished by the way a lot of people are like well what did you do the day you finished you know what did you have for a meal well I found out you can't just jump back into eating regular stuff it's really gonna mess up your your stomach your gut and so he told me eat nothing but fruits and vegetables stay away from dairy and uh, you can eat nuts and like lentils and that sort of thing but uh, it was pretty limited but you know people say oh my gosh that's all you could eat hey listen after 30 days of having nothing but soup broth having any solid food was really nice it really was and so I had um, I had I, I had to leave on on a flight for New Jersey and so that morning I got up and had a bunch of you know apple I brought with me and some nuts and I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that and for the next couple of days that's all I had and you know people would ask me you know what what are you looking forward to having the most and you know they, you know you'd think it would be like bread or something but I really didn't want that what I wanted more than anything else was was a salad with a little bit of balsamic dressing and even then I didn't even care about the dressing I just wanted to have a salad and and that was so unlike me I normally would have wanted like a hamburger or something but I wanted the salad so um, uh, so I, I left for a couple days was gone for about two weeks or so out traveling for work um, working with some private schools back in in Philadelphia area over in South Jersey um, and um, 
And when I got back, I, I went to see the doctor again. I was seeing him every week uh, while I was doing this and talking to him very regularly. He monitored the whole thing. And, uh, and I said, you know, I did this and I lost some weight and I'd, I'd like to do it again and do some more. Can I do that? And he said, well, what are you thinking? And I said, well, I'm thinking if I did this for another two weeks, I would lose a total of about 15 pounds, but then I'd gain back five, so I'd lose a total of 10. And so I've lost 25. That would give me 10 more and uh, thereabouts. And, and so that's where I want to be because I was definitely overweight. And he said, yeah, that's fine. He goes, don't do it for more than two weeks. I said, fair enough. So voluntarily, I went back on the broth fast. And for the next two weeks, I drank nothing but broth. And, and it was great. It was really great. And so when it was all said and done, I lost, uh, lost the weight I wanted to lose. And uh, I, guess it was a, I guess I netted like 30 pounds. I guess that's what it was. And so I asked the doctor, well, what do I eat now? You know, I've lost the weight. I've finished broth fast part one, part two. And now what do I need to do? And he said, now you just need to stay away from carbs. No, no uh, fries, no potatoes, no rice, no sugar. Um, and if you do that, um, you'll stay in good shape. The Cushing syndrome won't bother you. And, um, and you know, you'll keep the weight off. And I said, okay. And so I did that and I'd step on the scale every once in a while and I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, oh, I'm putting weight back on. And I was just like, I was so bummed. And I, I stopped weighing myself. I actually never really saw my weight go up on the scale, but I knew it must have been going up. And I was just so frustrated and I almost just started eating the way I was before, but I thought I, I knew this was better for me and I did feel pretty good. And so four months went by and I finally got up enough courage to get back on the scale. And you ready for this? I got back on the scale and I had lost 10 more pounds. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. And it goes to show you can't, you can't judge what something is like based on how it looks. And that's what it's like with these vans. When I get these vans, I look at them and, they, and, and they're beat up. Sometimes they're rusted. I mean, rusted pretty badly. And sometimes they're just dented and they're dented badly. Um, I picked up one once and it was dented, it was rusted. Cats had been living in there and using it as a, as a cat box. And uh, it was horrible, horrible. I bought another one once. It was up in, in uh, Portland and uh, the top actually blew off while it was going down the freeway. It was in horrible condition. And you know, in truth, that's what I was like. I was, I was overweight, I was unhealthy, and the part that I left out was, it also made me a grouch. It made me really, really miserable. And what would happen was, because I was on this constant sugar rush, up and down and up and down, I was, I was grouchy half the time. And then, here's the part that I didn't know, and this I think is fascinating. When you have Cushing syndrome, what happens is the body becomes addicted to adrenaline and cortisol. Not like, you know, dude, I'm like so addicted to adrenaline. No, this is like a physical addiction that 
I don't even know is happening, but it's in there. And so my body would do things to create stress, to create um, anxiety, to create a volatile situation because I would get the adrenaline rush. And so that's what my body was craving. It wasn't anything I was thinking about. It just was happening. And, you know, I look back at years and years. Gosh, my poor son and wife, God bless them both. Um, And I would just do whatever I could to create a stressful situation. I didn't even know I was doing it. I, I would be talking to someone in an airport and I'd try to create some sort of argument with them. I was really kind of a jerk. I really was. There were a lot of people that knew me then who would tell you I was a jerk. And, uh, and so, uh, after, after I did the 30 day broth fast, um, you know, it was, it was interesting because there would be things that I would normally get really upset about. And I was upset, but it was like, I was rather than saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so upset about this. This is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. I would say, wow, I'm really upset about this. I, I can't believe this is happening. This is really frustrating. And it was like there was no emotion. There was no rush of adrenaline. It was just like I was making statements like, please pass the salt. You know, it was, it was just observations I was making. And it really wasn't, um, it, it really wasn't uh, a, a situation where I was getting all all stressed and freaked out or anything like that. So anyway, made major changes in my life and and I looked a whole lot better. I lost a lot of weight and uh, made some more changes after that. I'll, I'll tell you about that um, another time. But, um, you know, and, and it's like with these vans, you know, uh, they're misunderstood. You know, you look at them and people think, oh my gosh, that thing should just be thrown away. And I think people who knew me were kind of like, I don't want to have anything to do with that guy. I mean, they kind of quote, threw me away. They tossed me to the curb, you know, just, uh, emotionally or relationally and wanted to have nothing to do with me and I can't blame them. So, um, you know, uh, so I've gone through a major restoration project and that's why I like dealing with these vans because it's the same process. Well, there's a story for today, and um, uh, if you would, I'd love it if you'd follow me, subscribe, something like that. Share this with a friend, uh, and if you have any uh, Westphalia lovers out there, I'm sure they'd love to hear about this. Um, send me a message if you like. Thanks so much. Look forward to chatting with you soon. Bye.